Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the All Saints podcast. I hope you will excuse the slightly more formal clerical attire. It is Sunday morning, th- uh, March the 12th. Uh, it's uh, an hour or so before worship starts, and I've got a little bit of time here because I'm not preaching today. And I wanted to share something with you, which I think may be helpful, particularly for us here as a church at All Saints, as we're growing quite rapidly and uh, building lots of new relationships within the congregation. But perhaps it may also be helpful for other people elsewhere, as well as what they're thinking about a practical issue which often arises among Christians in Christian communities. And the issue has to do with the expectations that we have for paying contractors who are also Christian friends. I want you to consider the situation. You may have a friend in your church. Certainly here at All Saints, there are lots of people who work in businesses or own their own businesses where they work directly with or for other individuals, domestic households. So it might be um, contractors, building contractors, plumbers, electricians, uh, piano tuners, uh, hairdressers, anything where the client is just an individual. And often, if you're a customer, you're looking for somebody to provide a particularly good service. You're looking for somebody you can trust. And what better than to find a trusted Christian friend to come and do that work for you. And that's all great so far, but here's where the problem arises. The expectation can sometimes creep in to those relationships that, let's say, I'm the client, I'm looking for somebody to fix my roof, or I'm looking for somebody to do some work on my car, or I'm looking for somebody to tune my piano, or I'm looking for somebody to cut my hair. Actually, I cut my own hair, as you can probably tell if you look at it. But um, uh, anyway, the expectation can sometimes arise on the part of me, the client, that I should get a special deal from you, the contractor, whoever the contractor is. After all, we're Christians, I'm your friend, etc., etc. It seems like that ought to be the way around that it operates. And certainly, many, many, many times I have seen this in operation, the expectation arising that the person who's paying for the service should pay less because they're getting the service from a Christian friend. Now, I want to Uh, highlight some significant problems with this. First, let's just point to the simple practical problem. Let's suppose that the uh, contractor, the businessman or or woman, maybe either, is making a profit of 10, 15, 20% on their business. They might charge $100 to tune a piano. And once they've done all the work, paid their expenses, paid their taxes, paid their advertising fees, paid all the other stuff they need to pay. They might make 15 or $20 out of that 100 for tuning your piano. Well, what's going to happen to their profit if they give you a discount of 10, 15, 20%? The answer is pretty obvious, isn't it? It's going to completely evaporate. The small discount that you might get, it might feel like a small discount to you, takes a smallish percentage of your total bill, but has a much more significant effect on the profit of the business that you're hiring. And this can become particularly crippling for contractors in growing Christian communities, because you can get to the point, frankly, where a a piano tuner or a piano teacher or a plumber or a builder or a general contractor could get a very large proportion of their work just from personal referrals within the church community and among the broader Christian community. And obviously, they're not going to want to turn down work because, look, it's friends and we want to do work for them. But if the expectation is left 
to grow unchecked, that they will be offering their services at a kind of discount, then their profit margin is, if not completely evaporating, certainly being absolutely hammered by the discounts they're offering. There's a reason why uh, restaurants charge the prices that they do and hairdressers charge the prices that they do and plumbers and electricians and roofing contractors and general contractors and everybody else charges the prices that they do. It's because in a competitive market, the prices have already been reduced by the fact of competition to the point where the margins are just about manageable. And if it was possible to operate more cheaply in a sustainable way, then somebody else would already have entered into the market and would be offering the services for that lower rate. So the rate that is the going rate is the cheapest sustainable rate in a free market economy already. To expect a discount runs the risk of crippling our friends. Now, you can see why this is particularly significant. I've already indicated in a church where uh, the community is growing. Uh, and actually, this can be something that contractors themselves are unaware of. They think, oh, wow, what a great opportunity to be able to work and to serve my friends, uh, fellow Christians in a Christian community, get most of your income that way. Maybe you save a little bit on advertising revenue and so on. But before you realize it, you do the sums and at the end of the year you have this awkward conversation with your accountant when he points out that the ad hoc discounts that you're giving to your friends at church are actually destroying your livelihood. Now, the last thing we must do in that position as the people, the clients, is to expect such a discount from them. So that's the first thing to bear in mind. Now, just a, a caveat to that. Of course, it is perfectly legitimate for a tradesperson to offer their services at a discount or even free of charge. Uh, all of us do favors for each other, but I want to be, uh, I want to issue a strong encouragement to all of us as clients, so to speak, purchasing those services, never to expect anything other than the going rate and to ask for an invoice and so on and so forth. It's not just to preserve the, the man or woman himself, or herself is to preserve their family and their children and their future, that we must do this. That's the first point. The second is just to make uh, uh, an obvious comparison, just to highlight how ludicrous it would be for us to expect this. Imagine that um, you're uh, an employer uh, at uh, a small business. You've Instead of being just me, the client, paying one uh, contractor for a service, I'm an employer, I own a small business, and I pay three or four employees for their services. And I hire um, uh, four guys, and none of them are Christians, but one of them starts showing an interest in the gospel. And so he starts coming to church with me, and um, uh, then he starts to uh, show interest in the gospel. And eventually, after a few months, he professes faith in Christ, and we're just really excited and delighted that this man has been uh, grasped by the grace of God in Christ. And then I, you know, the Sunday after he makes his profession of faith and he's baptized a few weeks later. So the Sunday after that, I call into my, into my office on a Monday morning and say, well, listen, it's great that you've now professed faith in Christ. Uh, just so you know, obviously you'll be receiving a 15% pay cut now because you'll be offering your services at a discount to me, your employer, because now you're a Christian. Right, exactly. It's so ludicrous that it, it's not even conceivable that such a conversation would ever take place. But that, I want to submit to you, is exactly the conversation that doesn't take place officially and explicitly, but does take place implicitly and unofficially whenever we go into one of these contractual agreements with a piano tuner or a hairdresser or a plumber or a roofing contractor or any of those other uh, service providers or contractors that uh, we 
as clients uh, uh, employ to do work for us. It would be absolutely ridiculous to do that. But more than that, third point, it's actually backwards. I want to argue that far from expecting to get that service for less, we should be expecting to pay more for that service because they are Christian friends. Here's the reason why. From the point of view of the contractor, fixing the roof, cutting hair, mending your car, whatever it is, it makes no difference at all to their work whether the car that they're servicing or the hair they're cutting or the roof they're fixing is owned by a Christian. They're just going to do the work and uh, shingles on the roof of a non-Christian house are just the same as shingles on the roof of a house owned by a believer. But from the point of view of the person purchasing the services, the client, well, it makes all the difference in the world that I've got a Christian working on my car because I know I have extra reasons to trust that the work is being, been, being done well. In all those domains, I'm asking somebody to do something for me that I can't do myself. And a measure of trust is involved. That is to say, there's a uh, when you enter into, let's suppose you go to a mechanic shop to um, get your car fixed, there's a kind of risk that they might, might be taking you for a ride, no pun intended. They might be doing poor quality work, substituting cheap oil rather than expensive oil or whatever else it is that they're doing. Um, so you uh, get a risk-adjusted discount, in effect, on the price that you're paying for it. That's built into the structure of the market, the risk that somebody might be shortchanging you. But when you've got a Christian providing that service, you have an extra reason to believe that they're not going to be taking you for a ride in that way because, hey, this is a Christian. This guy is going to put the oil in that he said he's going to put in. This guy is going to buy the expensive shingles for the roof that I'm paying for, not the cheap ones, knockoff jobs that are not hail resistant. This guy is going to take that extra measure of care to prune my tree really well and make sure that he cuts the branches at the right point so that it doesn't destroy or damage the uh, plant and so on and so forth. I should be paying more for the services of a Christian. If not, why would I be employing a Christian anyway? If I thought that Christians offered a systematically worse service than unbelievers, well, I'm if I'm their pastor, that's a job for me to pick up, I guess, in terms of uh, teaching them to work more diligently than the unbelieving world around them, not less so. That's the assumption that we should make, and we should therefore be paying a premium for that service. So, in summary, there are several reasons why we must never enter into these contractual arrangements with brothers and sisters in Christ in such a way that we're expecting to get a service at a discount. Though it would be okay for them to offer it, we must never as clients enter into those arrangements with that expectation in place. First, it's financially ruinous for them because a small discount for the client absolutely hammers the profit margin. Second, the comparison with every other uh, workplace environment where there's work being done and money being paid highlights how ridiculous it is. And thirdly, actually, there are theological and biblical and pastoral reasons for expecting that we should be getting we will be getting a better service and therefore we ought to be paying a higher price for it, not a lower one. This is really important pastorally for us as a congregation as we grow, and indeed for any congregation anyway, to sustain proper relationships within the community. Because if this isn't done well, then what's going to happen is that all kinds of frustrations and 
irritations are going to grow, and frankly, justifiably on the part of the contractors, with people who expect mates rates, as we used to call them back in England. I don't know whether that's a, uh, an expression in whichever part of America you're listening to this in. I've not heard it in Texas here, but maybe it's an expression, the meaning of which you can easily divine. It's so damaging to expect mates rates for those kinds of services, when in fact we should be paying a higher rate, not a lower one. Okay, so as you can probably hear from the noise in the background, people are starting to arrive. It is now... Um, about 35 minutes before worship begins, actually. I started this quarter past 10, not 10 o'clock. So um, we, I better get going. I hope that's been helpful to you. I hope it's something you'll take to heart and put into practice, both as contractors and particularly as those who may be buying the services of them. That'll do for now. God bless and see you soon. <laughs>